Hello, and welcome to Our Dad is Wrong, the podcast where my brother and I discuss sports with with our father, Vic, uh, with a generational divide. I'm Mike. I'm Rocky. And I'm Vic, Dad. Uh, so we're recording this on uh, February 17th. Uh, the Super Bowl just happened earlier this week, and uh, the Rams played a very impressive game to beat the Bengals, don't you think? Yeah. I thought it was a good game. Some people thought that it was boring. I don't really get that. It was pretty close all the way. Um, there were some big plays. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a solid game. And it was a game where I would have been happy regardless of who won. It was nice seeing uh, Stafford Same. win one. but And, you know, the Bengals will be back. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, it, was a, it was a very good game. I think we got spoiled with the playoffs this year that every game was so good. Right, that true. Ex- that, right. that you expected this game to just follow suit, which it almost did. I mean, it almost went to overtime. Yeah. It was a but really, I thought it was a really good so game. So do I. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the last five minutes of the game was kind of, it was gripping. Um, yeah, yeah. One thing I want to just bring up is how, you know, they, they um, I thought Aaron Donald should have been the MVP. I mean, I, I know, and I, I found out this week, I don't know if you guys know, the way they choose the MVP, mm-hmm. it's voted on at the two-minute warning. What really? Yeah, really? Yes, and it has to be. It's there's there's 16 votes for the MVP, and I'm thinking like, well, how long does it take to count 16 votes? Yeah. Like, why can't they wait <laughs> till the end they, of the game? They can do it on an app. It'll take one second. It'll, what are you well, telling me? I, like I it know. Even, I know. It but, could be a thousand and, votes. And, that, it should take and, one I, and, I, and I think that Cooper Cup had a very good game. You know, it was it was for him. It was an average game. He scored two touchdowns. But Aaron Donald wrecked that game in the second half. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And I mean, we're saying. I mean, if that's an average game for Aaron Donald too. Yeah, to be except, fair, except the last two minutes, he won the game for them with the yeah. sack and that last yeah. play. He won the yeah, game. Yeah, that for last them. pressure. Yeah, so absolutely. I, I, I wouldn't have been upset if either of them had uh, had won the MVP. Uh, but to me, I, I'm actually okay with Cooper Cup having won, and the reason mostly is because. Odell Beckham Jr. went down. So, really, Cooper Cup was the passing offense once yeah. he went down in yeah. that game. I mean, that whole second, I mean, that last drive, it's they went to Cooper Cup almost every single play. I mean, it yeah. was crazy. Yeah. Well, I think they decided Dead. we're going to win the game with him or not, or lose the game. That's simple. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of yeah. have to. I mean, yeah. well, no, no, it's, it's we're going to win the game when he has Eli Apple covering him. There is no other option. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dad, who, who votes on uh, the MVP of that game? It's, it's, reporters and writers and stuff. Oh. And I'm thinking like, you know, is it so important for them, them to get their stories in like 30 seconds faster? Like yeah, it, I don't it know. It makes no that, sense. Right? Isn't but the fact crazy? that 16 people only vote is just, I couldn't believe that they have to wait. They do it at the two-minute warning. Yeah. Are they going to use that last two minutes to laser engrave the trophy so that it has the guy's <laughs> yeah, name on it and they give it to him? <laughs> they got to give the, uh, the uh, I'm going to Disney, uh, uh Oh right, yeah, yeah. 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 Hon- honestly, that's probably yeah. part of it. I think I think they will change it next year. I think there was quite yeah. an uproar this year about this, and I think that uh, you know, like I said, not that Cooper Cup is not worthy. He's he had a great year. Yeah, I think they were both. I think they were well. both very deserving. But I think right. Aaron Donald just wrecked that second half. And they had they had didn't they have six sacks in the second half? Five or uh, six sacks in the half. Seven seven in the game. I don't know. Yeah, what I think it was, it was six half. in the half. At six in the second yeah. half, and he and he was. You know the pressure he put up the middle was just unbelievable. Yeah, so. he got two sacks and he stopped uh, and he got the pressure on that last yep. that last yep. play that went yep. down. I but mean, anyway, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was a great game. I thought it was uh, you know a fitting way to end the season. I think that baseball better get their act together and get the strike settled because everybody's yeah. feeling so high about football right now. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I thought it was good. Yep. I thought it was a great game. I think that uh, the Rams have some work to do because they got a lot of guys to keep for next year. A lot of free agents, and uh, you know Donald's talking yeah, about retiring. Definitely... You know, yeah. um, you know uh, Beckham's not going to be back probably till November, late November next year. Well, he's a free agent anyway. He's a free agent, so you're right. That's yep. true. That's true. I think they have a bunch of free agents on the team. You know, the left tackle may retire, do. so uh, uh, you know, he has to. Yeah, they, <laughs> I mean, he was he was once once Brady retired. He's the oldest guy in the yes. NFL. Oh, yeah, yeah. left tackle, yeah. which is insane. But I also think that Cincinnati, you know, they're fifty million dollars under the cap, so. This this is their time while they're not paying their quarterback. This is their right. time to to make hay. And I yeah, think, I agree. And now now you know the the Brown family historically doesn't spend. So yeah, right. So may, maybe he'll see that this is you know they they need a few pieces. Obviously they need some help on defense. 
um, maybe on the offensive line. But other than that, that team is, is very or, solid. Or oh, yeah. he may say, well, we almost won it anyway doing things this way. Might as well not spend a lot of money and keep trying to win like that. <laughs> that Honestly, yeah, that's, that's true. That's yeah, how he, maybe. he might be thinking. I mean, not, you know, he's they really are. They don't spend money. It's that's crazy. true. That's true. Generally speaking, there are some years where they do. Right. It's not a, right. Yeah. Uh, they're so young. I mean, they'll be back. People are making the Dan Marino comparisons, which I don't get. I mean, it's like, it's yeah, Burrow lost. Yeah, exactly. He, <laughs> well, but that's when well, Marino, but that's when Marino I, I lost guess, his, guess, so that's the comparison, right, yeah. which I think is so stupid. But, yeah, I mean, the Bengals are, like, so young. Even if they don't spend any money, they're going to be back. I mean, yeah. they might not be back in the Super Bowl, but right. they're going to contend. They're like the next so, Chiefs, it feels like. And I think, Here's something I just found out this ahead. week. Yeah. Sorry. The last 16 starting quarterbacks who – the last 16 quarterbacks who started the Super Bowl and it was their first game and mm-hmm. lost – Never made it back to wow. the Super Bowl. Holy cow! Wow. So that's uh, that. That's kind of an insane number. To, now I th- I'm sure Joe Burrow will probably be the one to to stop yeah. that streak. But it, it's tough to make the Super Bowl. Very I tough. Mean, uh, granted, yeah. a lot of that time is first year quarterbacks or first time quarterbacks going against Tom Brady. Which right. Like, yep. Ah, that sucks. But yeah. you know, what do you, what do you do? Yeah, I do think that we've been a little uh, like things have gotten uh, skewed because Tom Brady's been in the league the last twenty years. So For sure, I do think that you will see a little bit more parity in the NFL now that Brady is out of it. I agree. So maybe I, there will be more teams. Be. Going it has back. to be yeah. at a certain point. Yeah. yeah, but you know the thing uh, is, and I think we mentioned this, you know, you know, in a previous one was the um, the amount of unbelievable quarterbacks in the AFC, and yeah. uh, oh. so Joe Burrow, he could end up being the best one out of all of them. But he could, yeah. You know, I mean, but but he's got Mahomes to deal with, and Jackson, and and who else is in the AFC? They got the, Allen. Justin, I still Allen. think Justin Buffalo's Her- a team. To Josh oh, Allen, that's right. Her- yeah. Justin Herbert, Herbert. Silver, yeah, right. yeah. So it's uh, it's it's an amazing, and and if uh, Trevor, uh, Lo- I mean Trevor Lawrence, oh, Trevor Lawrence, could right? Still, that's true. Yeah, yeah possibly. Not, no, we'll nobody's, nobody's out on Trevor Lawrence yet. I still think, right? Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, even absolutely. these young guys. I mean, you know, Zach Wilson. You're still probably we still don't know yet. He's yeah. Be, you know, again, this is more projection than the other. Five or six guys you mentioned are all Pro Bowlers right. now, but right. yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it's going to be interesting to watch these guys and what happens over the next ten years with them. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's I, now I have a question for you guys. So the Rams, they they don't have a first, second, third, or fourth round pick or sixth round pick this upcoming year. I, I next didn't know year, that. Next yeah. year they don't have a first or a fourth round pick. Now they're going to get a third round pick this year probably. Uh, for compensation for having a, a black executive get a job somewhere else, but uh, so basically they're they're kind of out of draft picks for for this year. They're, they have almost none this year. Very you know lost their first and their fourth next year. Presumably them being over the cap and everything, they're going to have uh, some struggles for the next few years. Was going all in for this Super Bowl? Let's in a hypothetical world. You win a Super Bowl. Let's say you're bad for the next five years. Is that worth it to you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you can guarantee a Super Bowl. For one Super Bowl? 100%. Because what are you drafting for, right? I mean, like, it's nice to be the team that wins 10 or 11 or 12 games every year and doesn't make it. But if you've gotten your ring, that's what all those draft picks are for, right? That's what the trades and everything are for. So really the question is how many seasons of not winning the Super Bowl would you trade for winning the Super Bowl? Obviously the answer is more than two. So if this sets them back two years or even if it sets them back five years, if they can be back in five years, I mean, they've won a ring. I feel like you're, you're ahead no matter what. I agree. I agree. The, 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 yeah. point, of, the point of playing the games is to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And if you can win a Super Bowl, worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. I think it yep. won, I, that's the way I feel. Yeah, 100%. I, I I agree with both of you. I just wanted to see where you guys kind of stood on that. I I think it's yeah. absolutely worth you know however much. I, I I say this even as a Giants fan. You know, we won those two Super Bowls, and then we were bad for ten years. Like I, I would say, yeah. take that trade in a heartbeat. You know, for, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, except, for me, yeah. except now we want them to get better. Now it's time to get sure. better. Well, look, you always well, want yeah. them to get better. But even <laughs> but even looking back on it, even knowing how bad the Giants have been for the last decade, I would still take those two Super Bowls knowing that that was going to happen. I know? agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting thinking of the alternate dimension where the Rams lost in the first round of the playoffs, and now people are like, well, they have no draft picks. They didn't exactly. win the Super right. Bowl. That, right. That's the thing is it's such a gamble. And yeah. you know, look, some teams win the Super Bowl and – have sustained success for a long time. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are Chiefs. Sure, look like they're still going to be good for the next five years. So right. sure, right, it can be done, but it's yeah. Uh, look, as long as you can keep 
you can keep your quarterback, and if you have like a couple really good skill position guys, which all those teams do, yeah, you 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 make the other stuff up as you go. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. agree. Okay, I agree. I also agree. All right, so uh, let's move on. Dad, you mentioned uh, the lockout before. Uh, so earlier today, actually, the league and MLB Players Association uh, met again. The meeting lasted about 15 minutes, and I saw nothing that. got done from what I understand. So, uh, what do you guys think uh, right now about what's going on? With These the guys are idiots. I don't understand. You know, baseball is teetering right now. Yeah, and if they're taking a chance of blowing some of the season, they are crazy. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's nothing that can't be figured out. I mean, yeah. The, the, well, we, yeah. Guy Rock. I, I was going to say, it's like people don't remember the NHL in the early 2000s. I feel like it's the exact same situation where the NHL just lost so much of its relevance as soon as they started missing games because of, I forget if it was a strike or a lockout. And then as soon as they came out of that, they were, I mean, it took them 15 years to come out of that. True. I'm afraid of the same thing happening with baseball. Yeah, and they already right. had this in 94. They had this already yeah. where they, you know, they lost the, the playoffs in the World Series and People didn't come back until that the home run chase, right? And right. that was luck, right? That was luck, and, yeah, 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 luck and steroids. Well, and, yeah, it was a little. Well, bit yeah. but, they, <laughs> but are 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 the fans gonna gonna you know put up with that again? Because I gotta yeah. tell you, I, I right now, you guys know what a big baseball fan is. My favorite sport, yeah. Right. And I used to watch games from beginning to end every yep. night. Now they're three and a half, four hours. I, I, I tune in, I watch an inning here, I watch yeah. something else. I tune in, I watch another inning or two or something. Then at the end of the game, I'll flip on and watch the last couple innings. I, yeah. I, I can't commit all that time to these games. So yeah. if, if I'm doing that, the casual fan is, is not watching. Their ratings Correct. are going down. I mean, they, they are, you know, the, their World Series games are being outrated by, by golf tournaments. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy. So they, they got to get know, their act never, together. You know, they. But baseball has always made their money at the local level. They haven't made it on the national level like well, they football used to. does, like basketball does. They used to. Maybe they used to, but they still, but they're still making more money than they ever have before, even even now. So it's not like except when people, like if fans start saying enough is enough. Uh, absolutely, you know, they could. When, when it costs you three hundred dollars for now. tickets for a game, forty dollars yeah. to go park, another couple right. hundred bucks to eat a couple hot dogs, it's it's out of hand. It's just out of hand. Yeah. And when you think about what got him out of that spiral in the 90s with the home run race, you remember the MLB also has a notoriously bad marketing department now. Rob Manfred doesn't even like baseball. It's not even clear whether he wants to promote the game. And they had Otani this year, which really was one of the biggest stories in baseball since... I don't know, Barry Bonds breaking the home run record. I mean, it was huge. I agree. I agree. And I feel like outside of baseball circles, I mean, you ask someone who Shohei Otani is, they'd be like, who? Yeah, I know. So, I know. you know, so baseball is not in a position to come back that quick. Even if they have something great happening, could they even get it out there? Would people care? I agree True. with you. And that's, a, you know, first of all, can we just start the nickname The Big Show for Shohei Otani? That oh, absolutely. perfect to me, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, that seems perfect to me. Uh, he needs a nickname. He's a nickname guy, right? That's true. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I don't... Here's what I don't understand. So, the owners are locking out the players right now. Right. Yeah. They could very easily end the lockout and tell the players to, okay, we'll come back for spring training, we'll get things kind of settled, and let the players then go on strike. Then mm. the players are the bad guys. Why are the owners doing the lockout instead of letting the players strike? Because historically, they, they're just, they're, they've always done stuff like this. You know, the, yeah. the, the owners, that's why people hate the owners because they do stuff like yeah. this. I mean, it's, you know, again, nobody feels sorry for the, the baseball players making $30 million a year. But, yeah. but you feel sorry for the guys, you know, making the minimum and you want, yeah. and you want to see that increase. Well, the- the minor leaguers, they can't live. Minor leaguers can't live. <laughs> yeah. They're exactly right. It's insane. They're exactly yeah. right. Um, yeah, I I, and I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, pal. I, don't... I, I was going to say, I mean, it's it's the, the crazy thing to me is, I mean, I feel like the reason why they're doing a lockout is probably because it's a power play. They're in negotiations. They want to get collective bargaining. And so I guess the lockout is kind of like a power thing. I mean, I'm not a labor lawyer. But what kills me is missing games would be so apocalyptic to both sides. Yep. It's like, how could you even calculate... You know, the difference in paying minor leaguers, you know, 10000 extra a month or whatever versus not having Major League Baseball would be such a catastrophic loss of money. You got to figure right. someone's got to blink at some point, right? right? I mean, they can't be well, that that's, stupid, but I mean, well, they are. That's why, that's why I think the players are holding pretty strong on it yeah. because yeah. a lot of the issues are, yeah, for, for 
these small increments for these minor league players. Yeah. Uh, and really, it'll come to a point where it just stops making sense for the owners to, to keep missing yeah. games. And, and, and honestly, that's, you know, Dad, when you talk about people not feeling bad for the players making $30 million, it's it's the same thing I talk about when people hated the Napster thing because they were like, oh, Metallica and Jay-Z, they're making millions, but they were ignoring the artists who make like two cents a day. Right, right. And it's right. the same thing here. It's like, yes, you're right. It sh- You know, if you're making $10 million a year, you probably don't care either way no, about this. Nobody, but, nobody's feeling for Mookie Betts. In this. Right. right, exactly. But ninety nine percent of baseball players are not making anywhere near that kind of money, which is why they need these protections. I agree. And and the, from the minor league standpoint, you know, a couple of years ago they got rid of like half the minor league teams. Yeah. So they're costing last the, year. I think it was, it was last, last year. year. I think so. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. So year the, or two their ago, costs yeah. are not what they used to be. And yeah. uh, you know they streamlined all that stuff. So take yeah. care of those young guys. I don't understand. Yeah. You know it's it's interesting when I was interning for Major League Soccer. Uh, which, uh, listeners, I, I interned for Major League Soccer in, like, 08, 09, like, when it was, a, you know, a kind of a struggling league. And Don Garber, the commissioner of MLS, we, we, you know, had a big meeting where he was in it. And one of the things he was talking about, I'll never forget, was how sports labor unions are so different from all other labor unions because other labor unions want everybody to be paid equitably based on seniority, and sports labor unions are all about, you know, this huge disparity between player salaries. Right. Um, and, and so that when, when you think about unions, these sports unions have such different mindsets from other unions. And I, I think it opens them up to criticism, like you were saying before, Dad, where people talk about the, the athletes making millions. In reality, I, I mean, I, I do think the players have a great point. I mean, people hate the owners for a reason. I think the players have an amazing point here. And if we do end up missing games, I guess the question is, what are fans going to do about it? How do we blame the owners over the players? Do we vote with our wallets? I mean, what's the what's the play? Yeah. So, well, so I, uh, that's, I, a I, I'm not, that's a good point. I'm, I'm not going to games anymore. First of all, you don't have to. Yeah, and you got you got your 75 no, inch, uh, you know, HD TV set. You're you're there. I mean, uh, you yep. know what? I'll make my own popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that part of the game is good, though. You got to admit. Uh, well, it better be. It costs twenty six dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the last game I well the, the last game I went to in the last two years was I went to uh, Arlington to see the Rangers. You know, it was a fun experience. It was a good game. I was in the Royals section. You know, they were, they were facing the Royals, so it was fun. I'm a Royals fan. Um, but you're right. It's like it's such a hassle and such an expense. And I do love baseball. I mean, I, I do want to continue going to games, but they make it so difficult to support them yes, and to buy is. the merchandise and the product. I, yeah, I don't know. It's very difficult. And by the way, uh, fans out there, a little aside, my son Rocky grew up in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and he's a, a Kansas City Royals fan. And they said, Dad's always wrong. Uh, when's the last time the Yankees won a World Series? Can we can we get yeah, a refresher on this? Yeah, Mike Mike is wincing right now. He knows what's coming. I mean, yeah, you know. yeah. Win, yeah, win yeah. a championship and then we can talk. That's anyway. right. We, we, two World Series since the last time we went to one. We compete every year. That's two true. Pens. Well, we've been to two. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, so I'm saying you got two. Yeah, pens. we got two AL championships. That's true. So you sure. know, you guys got to step up your game. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think that's going to happen. To be honest with you. Well, it was now, Dad? Question for you. Actually, when. The three of us went to uh, City Field to watch the Royals win the World Series. Was that the last time you were at a baseball game? No, I've been to a couple of Yankee games since then. You've been to a couple since yeah, then. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I think we've been to Yankee games together since. Yes, then. but I'm the new I, stadium. But I am not. I am not. Oh, going it was not anymore. a very memorable experience. I guess. I, um, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> makes sense. I, I, I'm not. I'm done. I'm done. I, you know, uh, and this is from a lifelong fan, and I used to go yeah. to a lot of games. I mean, when I was younger, it was reasonable. We used to go to maybe 10, 12 games a year, like me and my friends. Yeah. And uh, now it's like, you know, why? Why? Well, I mean, to be fair, I could see that with Yankee Stadium, but, Dad, could I interest you in becoming a Mets fan? That, because, you that know, will City never Field. happen. <laughs> I like never the new, happen. Yeah, I'm one of the few people who thought the old Yankee Stadium needed to go, and I like the new stadium. So. I, I like it, too. No, everybody thought the old one needed to go. It smelled look, like a urinal. I hate the Mets. No, everybody. Trust me, everybody. Every Yankee fan around here wanted that thing. I'm talking about people forever. with opinions that matter, not oh. Yankee fans. <laughs> I hate the Mets, but I think City feels nicer than Yankee Stadium. It's oh, a better, well, yeah. I mean, that's almost inarguable. It's pretty great, even, yeah. even though it's even though it's an homage to the Dodgers, which I don't get. Yeah. Well, yes, that is very strange. Right. They did tone that down eventually. I know. I know. But yeah. But uh, I hate the Mets so much. That in 1986, I rooted for the Red Sox over the Mets in the World Series. Yes, and yeah, I hate I the Red I Sox. Too. I can't abide by yeah, that's that. Fair. That's not. Well, that's not the, good. To that, me. I'll tell I you know. why. I wasn't around at the and time. And I'll tell you I'm why. Saying, and I'll tell you why. I, I could never do. When that. I was a kid, the '69 Mets, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, 
all my Yankee friend fans, my uh, Yankee fan friends, switched over to the Mets when they, oh, you know, they all the miracle shit. Mets. Well, that sounds like you just have bad friends. Well, that's not and, yeah, that's and, true. And I, that's and I, really got, I really got pissed off about that. And I yeah. despise the Mets at that. And actually, that's why my National League team is the Chicago Cubs, because the Cubs were battling the Mets that summer. You know, oh, yeah. For, the, for the NL East. And yeah. I will never root for the Mets. If they go 0-162, I'm happy. Well, no, you got to watch them lose their last World Series. And I was very so, happy I mean, about that's that. That's true. That's true. That was very great. happy about yeah. that. Yeah, so everybody we're, was. We're our Casey Blue and yeah. everything to the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we got Mike too. Well, just a Not little that, story. But, we were yeah. at the game. Rockies in his Raul Abanez, you know, Kansas City shirt, and uh, the the Mets were winning the game going into the ninth inning. So we said, well, we we had uh, standing room tickets. So we walked around the stadium, which was kind of cool because we got different vantage points of the game. Yeah. yeah. So we went downstairs to we said, ah, well, let's watch the uh, you know the end of the game downstairs. And the Mets fans are going crazy, and they're high-fiving, and they're cheering and stuff. Well, Kansas City, <laughs> hit, hit, hit. And they, yeah. they, not e- error. Not even error. error. Is right. Throwing yeah, error. Yeah, that's Throwing right. Error. That's Throwing error. Right. And, I'm, and, yeah. you, and Kansas City takes the lead. You saw the mood of the Mets fans like go from euphoria to yeah. like they're going to kill somebody. I've never and, seen the air go out of a stadium faster right. in my life. And no, the three of us are sitting there. Now, we we were rooting. For, we, we didn't have Kansas City stuff on, but we were with Rocky. And I said to him. I, I, said, I had a Kansas City. No, yeah, no, Mike did. And I did. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you were between I us. I said so. to these guys, I said, let's get back upstairs because we're going to get killed down here. And we, we kind of. I got to tell you, I, I thought it was going to be way worse than it was being yeah. in a, an opposing team's uniform in New York City during you know while they're losing the world series i thought it was going to be awful for the most part again there were some jerks who would yeah. do and say stuff yeah for yeah the most part i thought people were pretty good about yeah. it because yeah because they were winning most of the night that's why yeah that's probably that's probably fair well still. <laughs> i i mean i also think it was helpful that it was game five if they had lost game seven or something yeah we would true. have had to change shirts that's or true. something but, the, but it was game five they had lost in also horrifying fashion the game before right so i feel like they were just kind of deflated in general i mean and you know i hate to say it but they're met fans like they're kind of used to it a little bit <laughs> so well, the remarkable part to me was that when the game ended and of course the Met fans filed out really quickly yeah. and and by the Kansas City dugout all of a sudden there was at least 4 or 5000 Kansas City fans oh yeah all behind the dugout cheering and i'm thinking like how these people get into the stadium? Number one yeah, and number two, where were they? We were walking around the stadium. I didn't see any of these people. Yeah, I well, guess you might see it. one here, one there, and then they all coalesced <laughs> yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah, in the same it was place. Pretty, pretty cool. Maybe there's yeah. a bunch of Met fans changing jerseys. Who knows? They to <laughs> yeah, celebrate. they turned yeah. them inside out. They got Royals yes. underneath. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! All right. All right. Uh, so, moving on from uh, the baseball lockout and, I guess, reminiscing about the time we went to the World Series, uh, let's do a couple of quick hitters here. Uh, just spend maybe a minute each on uh, on each of these these topics. Uh, we're going to start with the, the NBA trade deadline. Uh, Dad, you want to start with that? Yeah, I just, you know, I was, it was, I, I know not a lot of things happened, but some really key things happened in my mind. You know, the, the Nets-Philadelphia trade really intrigued me. Um I never liked James Harden, I, I, and the stories now you're hearing about him is you know uh, you know he flies separately. He doesn't. He comes at the, when he's injured. He comes to games at halftime. Things like that. Just not not a good guy. But they get Ben Simmons, who also is not a good guy. You know he's he's, he's uh, you know he, he quit on his team and uh, he's a choker and uh, he, you know he can't shoot foul shots. Now it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. I think that trade, the key to that trade, was the Nets getting. Um, uh, Seth Curry, who they they really needed outside shooting, and believe Andre Drummond, I think was a real good pickup in that trade for them. I think that he's he's gonna he's gonna be fine. I think the Nets the Nets definitely improved their team with that. Um, a couple other ones, uh, Tyrese Halliburton was traded, and yes. I, I thought the Pacers got the best of that trade, and it was good to see Porzingis get traded again because I hate mm-hmm. him. <laughs> Go ahead, Rock. Oh, I I don't really have anything to say. I mean, I I'm really I don't follow the NBA closely enough to have much of an opinion. Like you know, I read articles here and there, and I kind of see yeah. what's going on. I think I'll use this time to just express that I kind of wish I was more of a basketball fan. Maybe I'll start following a little bit more. Well, you used to follow more. Yeah, you can be. Uh, you can go. Uh, you you can. Uh, you're close to San Antonio now. You're I'm close to Dallas. I, I've always liked the Mavericks. I, I can go true. and watch the Mavericks anytime I want. And yeah, I'm close yeah, to San Antonio. They have yeah, they have the, one of the top five players in the league on their team. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I got and I love San Antonio too. I got to go down there and see the Spurs. But yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe this will be part of my entry into learning a little bit more about the NBA. It seems like it was a very exciting trade deadline. Yeah. It's a very exciting year. I, I don't know. I, I hope everyone has fun because that means they won. <laughs> well, don't, one, don't, one of the don't things- let this be the, don't let this be the thing that makes you become like a Knicks fan. Yeah. Like don't 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 have that be your one a Knicks New fan. Team. Do you even just know me? What, what makes I, you think just that's don't have, just don't have that be your one New York team, please? One no, of, no, no, no. One other trade that I just want to comment on: the Bucks got Serge Ibaka, which I think is going to be a. a, a I it's, it's a small I thing. That that's huge. a great trade for them to get get him. He's a winner. That guy's good. Go ahead, Mike. I agree. Um, so yeah, just real quick, I, that uh, agreed with that six, that Sixers Nets trade. I think honestly, I think that's a trade that kind of made sense, even if everybody wasn't angry at their own team, like. It's just like Ben Simmons kind of fits better being a third option on a playoff team offensively, just rather than the like in in Philadelphia he's had to be the second option. Uh, what's his name? The, the small forward. He's he's not good enough to be a second option. Uh, I mean, Joel Embiid is one of the best players right. in the NBA. Um, but I, Ben Simmons fits much better on on Brooklyn. I almost called him New Jersey on Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, they needed that kind of outside defensive presence. I agree with you. I think Seth Curry is an excellent part of that deal. Uh, and for the Sixers, they needed James Harden. They needed an offensive scoring burst. I think that that's going to be really huge for them, uh, even though Harden is not exactly the player he was the last few years, especially with these rule changes. But I think he still just brings a dimension to that team. He'll, that they kind of he'll rip a hamstring for. first round of the playoffs. Don't worry. Huh. All right, well, nobody's rooting for anybody to get hurt here. <laughs> no, I'm not dad, rooting for anybody to get hurt, but it's uh, a fact he's going to, though. <laughs> yes, uh, I, and I 100% agree with you. Porzingis, I, I was laughing out loud when, when he got traded. Yeah. That, that that was so the Knicks lost that trade you know, two, three years ago whenever that happened right. immediately. Right. And it just doesn't look that way anymore, especially because Emmanuel Quickly was one of the draft picks That's we, true. we got in That's that deal. True. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's uh, it for the NBA Another quick hitter. Let's move on real quick. Uh, the Winter Olympics are going on right now. It seems like nobody's watching them, but uh, what do you guys uh, think is going on? Here? I mean, I, I'm not watching them, but unlike the NBA, it's on purpose because I really just feel like the Olympics <laughs> have lost all their credibility. I mean, look, all anybody seems to care about from these Olympics are the controversies, you know, the unfairness, this Russian skater who was able to get through. And, and, and the Russian skater is 15. I don't blame her. But no, no, the, not at all. But the very fact that Russia was even allowed in these Olympics, I mean, you can just tell that there's rampant corruption. Right. We saw it with FIFA 10 years ago. You know, obviously these international bodies are rotten to their core, and we see it playing out in real time. We, You know, the, the fact that the games are in Beijing, we see, you know, allegedly that the Chinese government seems to have their thumb on the scale. I apologize because now our podcast is never going to make it big in China. We're going to be banned there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I just – I really couldn't care less – it's a shame that this has happened to the Olympics, but they need major reform, like yesterday. Or I'm not going to care ever. I used to be a huge Olympic guy when I was growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, I, I never missed. I watched everything every night. Um, you know, back then it was only on you know, the network, so you, you yeah. got everything. <clears throat> Mom me. used to cover it. That's right. I mean, she true. Didn't cover well, it. That's but. right. True. But I, yeah. I, I always liked the Winter Olympics best because I just it was always fascinating to me. Like you know, go to the top of the mountain and get down as fast as you can. Like, that was really yeah. cool. Guys wiping out <laughs> yeah. and stuff. And, you know, it, it, it's so it's so lost its amateurism. And these new these new events are just, like, made-for-TV events. And same thing, Rock, as you said. To me, to, to, to kowtow to the chai comms, it makes no sense to me. I mean, it's, these guys are getting paid off. It's just corrupt. I just, I've watched maybe 10 minutes of the Olympics, and we're in week two already. I just can't do it anymore. Hmm. Ten more than me. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Seriously. I, I, yeah, I, I believe you. I, I watched for literally one minute, I think, uh, pretty after the Super Bowl, and that was basically it. But yeah, I mean, it's like you're know, seeing the the that big ski ramp that was uh, man made in front of those uh, those nuclear power. Oh right. yeah, uh, thing. Right. Like that was like insane. Like that that's in in 2022 that that's what we're doing is like. Yep. That's crazy to me. It is. You're right. The IOC, I mean, the, it is literally, it's the IOC and FIFA, like, they put, like, the NFL to shame with uh, the, the amount of corruption and stuff that there is in there. I mean, it's right. crazy. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
You're no. right. The international things are, are, you know, we complain about a lot of stuff here, but it really is way, yeah. way worse overseas. And to me, the Winter know, Olympics, the, the Winter, you know, the Summer Olympics are this grandiose big games and stuff. The Winter Olympics have always had this kind of... Uh, like a community kind of uh, feel to them. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah. It's almost it's like it's like punk rock. Yeah, almost. yeah, yeah. They'd have them in a place like Lillehammer, you know, Norway, mm-hmm. right? Or yeah. uh, or um, uh, you know, uh, uh, well, oh, Ca- in Calgary, up in the mountains and the Alps and stuff. And yeah. it's like Salt Lake City, like places that are just Placid, really right? like Placid, really winter Placid, places. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, that you really want to see because it because they know how to how to do things in those places that, you know, really right. for the winter. This is just yep. ridiculous. They did the same thing with with Sochi last time in Russia. Yeah, it was like oh, yeah. you know, come on, it's, it's it's a summer resort. You know, they they, they yeah. when you when you have to manufacture snow like Mike said for events, it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah they should. Okay. I, that's really like they should be doing it in a place like Wyoming. Yeah, that's just like you know, big, right. big mountains and right. stuff. Or we'll have, we'll have them in the Alps when they had. Don't need it to be a big. They city. had them in you know, uh, you know these little these little tiny villages in France and stuff in the old days. It was very charming. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. You know, did anybody know what Grenoble, France is? No, but that's where the Olympics were in like '68, I think. And you know, yeah. To be fair, I don't know where I couldn't point out Paris on a map. So. <laughs> <laughs> And mom wanted you to be a cartographer. You can. <laughs> I can read a map. I can't make a map. I think the blue part here is the land. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so let's move on now. We're going to uh, every week we're going to do at least one list. This week we actually have two for you. Uh, but we're going to keep it in the sports world first. Uh, we're going to rank our top five defensive players in NFL history during the Super Bowl era. I know, Dad, you always want to say that. Right. Uh, none well, of us Iron Nails Henderson yeah. from 1921. <laughs> well, even I'm old, but I don't remember anything before the Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You know. Uh, so we're going to give our top five of those. Uh, I'll probably throw in a couple honorable mentions just to make sure some guys get named here. But, right. yeah. uh, Dad, why don't you start us off on this one? All right. Well, let me give you my honorable mentions first. Um, and in no particular order, these are guys that I, I considered for the top five that were just phenomenal players and, you know, and, and, and top, top Hall of Fame level guys. But, you know, there's only you only put five on the list. And he, so mm-hmm. my my alternate guys are um, Deacon Jones, who was a defensive mm-hmm. end for the uh, the Rams back in the 60s and 70s. Um, they actually named the sack because of what he was doing. He, he actually named the sack. And I think he's second or third all-time in sacks. Uh, Dick, Dick Butkus, middle linebacker for the Bears, you know, was just a, a, a killer. Uh, Bob Lilly, a defensive tackle for the Cowboys in the, in the 60s and 70s, great player. Ed Reed, uh, safety for the, uh, the um, Ravens. He was one of the best safeties. If, if it wasn't another safety on the list that I have, he would have made it. Uh, yeah, Ray yep. Lewis, linebacker, and Aaron Donald. Um, I just don't think he's played long enough yet to make my top five, but he's close in my mind. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, my top five. Uh, number five, Deion Sanders. The best cover cornerback I've ever seen. The guy was okay. absolutely amazing. He would dare to, for people to throw at him, and they just wouldn't. He was that good. Not a great tackler, but best cover sure. guy I've ever seen in my life. Number mm. four, Mean Joe Green. He, um, okay. he changed football. The way he do interior lines played, he was a believe it or not in the seventies he was massive. He was two hundred seventy five pounds. You know, yeah, I was gonna say he's a middle linebacker yeah, now, right? Yeah. Or, or tight end. I mean, it was. Yeah. Uh, but he was. Uh, that's when other guys were two thirty, two forty, and he was fast. He was. I think. I think he made um, all pro at least eight times. He was. Mm-hmm. He was that good. Um, number three on my list was Ronnie Lott, and that's he's the reason that uh, Ed Reed didn't make the list. Because he was the best safety I've ever seen. He started as a cornerback. His career, he made all pro all the time there. Then they got he lost a step. They moved to safety. He made all pro there all the time. He's a guy that made him cut off the tip of his finger so he wouldn't miss a few plays during mm-hmm. a game. He was like the finger was mangled, so he just cut it off, which they did. Number two for me is Reggie White. Um, okay. He was, again, he uh, started with the Eagles, and I hated him. Then he went to the Packers, and I loved him. He was a great player. <laughs> won a Super Bowl with the Packers and just was, again, a game wrecker. And number yep. one for me, and not just because I'm a Giant fan, Lawrence Taylor. He was he changed football. And if you haven't seen him play, um, he he really didn't have a – he didn't play – a position. Sometimes he was an end. Sometimes he was a middle linebacker. Sometimes he was an outside linebacker. He covered the pass. I seen him return 
interceptions, 80 yards for touchdowns. He he was a sack master. He had over 20 sacks one year. Just just changed the game. Um, left tackle became a big thing because of guys like him. Yep. That's my top five. All right. I like that. I like that top five. I'm, I, mine is actually fairly similar to yours, but... Well, why don't you go ahead? Just uh, Okay, yeah, that's, uh, I'll, I'll go next. Uh, yeah, my old mentions, I had, uh, again, a lot of the same ones that you had here. Uh, Dick Butkus, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Deacon Jones. Um, again, my, you know, my list is going to end up being a little... I, I don't like all these guys played in, like, the 80s or later. I get, like... And I didn't even see a lot of those 80s guys, but, like, I really didn't see Dick Butkus play. I really didn't see Deacon Jones play. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. just kind of tough for me, right. personally, to put them on the list when I saw these other great, great guys make it. Um, but, so, number five for me, I did put Aaron Donald. Uh, he, I mean, he's been the best defensive player in the NFL for a decade now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's had eight seasons in the league and seven first-team All-Pros. Yeah. And the other year, he still made the Pro Bowl. That was his mm-hmm. rookie year. Yeah. I, the man is an absolute... Even when even his quiet seasons are loud. Like, it's unbelievable with that. I can't I, argue with you with that. I can't argue. No, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and it's... You, He's only at number – like, he could rise to number one if he has – you know, if he keeps playing and keeps kind of playing at this level right. for another uh, handful of years. Um, but as it stands, again, only eight years in the league. It's number five all-time defensive player. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, number four, Deion Sanders, Neon Dion. I agree with you. He is, could absolutely shut down anybody. And I, personally, I like it when guys are – fun on a football field like i yeah. like the taunting i like the trash talking i kind of love like i don't want my guys to be robots all the time i mean that's oh, yeah. yep plus he's the only guy that ever won a super bowl and a world series that's right yeah <laughs> yeah and he won two super bowls yep. that's what i'm saying yep. he could uh you know, he'd go wherever and just i mean unbelievable player but i agree the tackling definitely yeah. uh, hurts him a little bit hmm. uh and then number three i have ronnie lott as well i have he eight first team all pros 10 pro bowls four super bowl wins the best defensive player on on four different Super Bowl teams, like that's got to count for something yep. really, really impressive. And he really is an all time, all time great. Um, I mean, that really is. You know, we grew up watching Ed Reed and Troy Palomalu and Bob Sanders, and like it wasn't even a comparison. Like those are like that's the next tier of safety, and it's still like not a comparison between them and Ronnie Lott. Right. Uh, number two, I also have Reggie White. Um, he had. Uh, 11 or more sacks in 13 of his first 15 <laughs> seasons. Then he retired, came back, and yeah. had a, a subpar year. But 11 or more in 13 of 15. Get that. From 1986 to 1988, they pl- he played 44 games because of the, the strike in 87. Uh, 57 sacks in 44 <laughs> games over a three-year period. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. insane yeah. for that amount of time for that many sacks. I mean, yeah. he really was and, something else. And plus, he was the one of the best run stoppers I've ever saw, too. He was. He was. He yeah. Was see, the that's whole, the thing. I can't even. I can't even speak to that. He was the whole package. I, I even, the whole package. Yeah, I, be, I believe you. <clears throat> uh, and number one, I put Lawrence Taylor. Um, but I will admit that there was never a question because I'm a Giants fan, uh, so I did have to put him number one. But I do agree. I mean, he was still, you watch those tapes. I mean, he was an absolute yeah, crazy man all over the field. You're right, absolutely changed the game of football. Uh, I actually did start liking him more once I read The Blind Side because there's a solid chapter or two in there about Lawrence Taylor and how important left tackles are in, right. in football now because of him. Because of yeah. what he did to Joe Thiessen, oh, really. That was... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I don't really have any honorable mentions beyond, you know, some of the guys that you mentioned. Right. Uh, I, don't th- I don't think we're really leaving anybody out of the conversation here. I just have a little bit of a different order than you guys. Um, I think my sixth man was probably Deion Sanders. Number five for me was Ronnie Lott. Uh, it was kind of hard to choose between the two. Dad, I think you said it best. I mean, probably the most hard-nosed defensive player. You know, it was like having a T-1000 on the field. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, and, and again, you know, I, we didn't get to see a lot of these people play live. We've just read about them. We know the awards that they've won and, and you know, heard the stories and stuff. But right. it seems like he belongs on this list. Number four, Reggie White. Um, same thing. It's almost like boring how great he was. But then you go back and actually look at what he did. I mean, defensive player of the year with two different teams. You know, was just a machine in terms of getting sacks, run stopping. Um, you know, he's a legend for a reason. And then the top three, 
Um, I, I felt like I reserved these spaces for players who really fundamentally changed their positions and, and really were just transformative players. So number three is Deacon Jones. Um, like you said, basically invented the sack, basically made it so that you right. know defensive players are now going for the quarterback and, and, and trying to get that pressure. Um, you know, again, never really saw him play. He doesn't even really intersect completely with the, the Super Bowl era. Right. Um, but I, I think for anybody to have that kind of an impact and still be one of the sack leaders and you know, it, it, it's you almost think of Babe Ruth, right? Who came along and almost invented the concept of the power hitter, and is still one of the greatest power hitters of all time. Right. That's Deacon yeah. Jones, you know, for a defensive. That's player. A good, I like that. It's a good point. Two, I had Aaron Donald. Um, I, I think that you guys are rating him a little low, although you know, I, I probably won't face too much opposition here. I just think he's accomplished more by age thirty than almost any other defensive player. I mean, you know, you, you stick a few awful seasons in there, he's still in the top five. You know, he may be retiring, which makes sense because, you know, players don't last as long these days. But that's another, I think, good point is that the game is so much, you know, the players are so much bigger, like you were saying before, and it's so much harder to be a dominant player in this era of the NFL. Sure. But Donald has won more defensive player of the years than any other player on any of our lists. You know, he yep. dominates year in and year out. Even his bad years are great. You know, he, he's just a, like a man among boys. He's just on another planet when he's playing. And then number one is, you know, number one on every best NFL defensive player list ever made since the mid-90s, Lawrence Taylor, right? Why wouldn't he be number one? And that, and that and, hurts you to yeah. say. No, 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 Rocky's no. Rocky's okay with the Giants. No, 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 the Giants. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah. Not only am I okay with the Giants, but I'm I'm perfectly okay saying when a player is great. I mean, I just you know yeah, said yeah. it about Babe Ruth of you know the team that, which will not <laughs> sure. be named. You know, Lawrence. Well, you know what? What is there to say that has not been said? Nobody will ever complain about putting Lawrence Taylor number one on this list. True, which is why I put him there. Very That's easy true. choice. That's fair. Yeah. And and going back to to Aaron Donald to your point, Rocky. Mm-hmm. You made the the point of, of of being Joe Green, you know, being big at for the time he was yeah. you know, two seventy, like you said, Dad. Aaron Donald's only like two ninety, right. like he's yeah. small yep. for for today. The like he's lineman, so good, he's very and so small. skilled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, now that does kind of work to his advantage, like we saw in the Super Bowl, where he could kind of move out to the outside a little bit. Right. You know, in uh, uh, when the, they were playing the Bucks, he moved right over the right tackle almost the whole game. Yep. Yep. Justin Werfs wasn't there. He also so it's, he also it's, has a tremendous motor. He never stops. Oh yeah, never. You know, which is no. uh, he's so good to work with what he has. Which all these all these great players have. You know, there's, sure. no, there's no, none of these players ever took a, a, a playoff. None oh of them. yeah. So uh, yeah. interesting. You know what? Well, look, it's uh, and and we didn't we didn't talk about this at all before. So our lists are pretty pretty close. It's, yeah, they're yeah. actually yeah, they're yeah. pretty close. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they they have been much farther apart in the past. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. And, and especially we'll see now. Talk- well, yeah, but when you talk about before we get to that, when you talk about top five defensive players in the NFL, it's actually more impressive because they, they're all different positions. It's so Correct. hard to judge like where guys should sure. go. Correct. So it's true. We really all kind of chose from the same handful of players. Pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm very yeah. impressed that you guys were, were were impressed with Deacon Jones because he it was so long ago that he played. I, yeah, yeah it, you know, I, know, I will say I was aware of who Deacon Jones was, but I actually read more about him to, in preparation for this show than I probably ever had. <laughs> and, and, it, and it really is impressive to think about a player kind of coming in and just showing the rest of the game. Like, yeah, just keep tackling the quarterback, you know? So, yeah. He was also the first uh, taste great, less filling guy in the Miller commercials. Was he oh, really? Oh, yeah. he oh hold on. Guy. Let me move him up to five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so now for our second list of the day. Uh, we're going to get off sports entirely here. We're going to move over to, uh, to entertainment, and we're doing our best five best sitcoms in the history of television. I, this does not have to be in the Super Bowl era. In fact, a couple of mine are not. So. <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. All Just of so mine you know. are. Uh, oh, Wow. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't go back very far. I mean, so for me, I mean, I, I, I went back. I got a couple things from the 90s. But um, but those older sitcoms, I mean, look, if you want to talk about quote-unquote greatest sitcoms, sitcoms that have the greatest cultural impact or whatever, then yeah, I'd put stuff on here like I Love Lucy, All in the Family, The Odd Couple, which also are amazing shows that I love. But when I, when I want to watch a sitcom, when I want to return to something that I've seen or, or just, you know, sitcoms that make me belly laugh, um, it's, it's pretty much always going to be sitcoms like 80s or 90s or later. So... Um, my, this is something that yeah, my, my list no, is kind I, of a combination I, I, of those yeah. things. Yeah, I, I, I kind of went. I with see what you're saying, Rock, because yeah. because there was it's sitcoms have changed so much yeah. over the years, and they really have. I have a couple of older ones on only because I think there are some timeless sitcoms. 
that yeah, I, sure, sure. that you can still watch today, and, and they could have been made today. But yeah, but but I agree with you. There's also a lot of sitcoms from the '60s that were very funny, but they just don't hold up if you if right, you watch right. them. You know, the, right, all those right, old Beverly Nick Hillbillies you know, and those kind yeah. of shows like that, yeah. which were very funny, but kind of just goofy. Yeah, well, you so know, many, your Gilligan's so Island right. mentions. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, have, yeah like, it's my, my, I could spend 15 minutes just going through my honorable <laughs> yeah. mentions. I mean, it's yeah. true. true. So, 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 so I'll just start with the honorable mentions kind of from, from that era. So, um, so uh, Friends, honorable mention. I think it actually gets a bad rap. Extremely funny show that Anika and I rewatch all the time. Um, Broad City, I came very close to putting on the list. Absolutely love that show. Look, looks like Mike that, likes it as yeah, well. Yeah, that Dad, show is hysterical. I, never I, I also didn't put it on, but that really is. The hell is uh, that? That's a good one. Dad, you'll you'll watch it and you'll be like, oh, this show is filthy. Broad but it is City? great. <laughs> yeah, Broad City. It was on Comedy Central. Right. It's with uh, Abby it's, Jacobson uh, and Alana Glazer. It's no actually like four are. seasons, four, four or five seasons. Five yeah, seasons. Not, like, I, I believe it is the best show about living in New York ever made. Right, it's, am, it's really fun. I'm, Hannibal Burris is also in it. You'll oh, he's great. he's great. I'm going to watch it and then I'll see if you're right or not. All right, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch a few episodes. Very Check good. it out. So I, I what is it? it? Is it a new show or is it? It's a new world. I think it went off the air a couple of years okay. ago. But it's yeah. it's just I'll yeah, two it. two girls living in New York. I think it, I would guess it started I when I was in college probably. Okay. Yeah, so I right think they around yeah, 20, 20, 20, 20, 10, 20, 11 right. yeah, I'll right. give I'll give it a shot. I think so, it, so I, I got that crazy. on my list. Did you say that's um, wrong? Go ahead. <laughs> um you couple even other seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. couple other shows I want to see it. Oh my god. There were a couple shows that I wanted to put on my list, but decided not to because there's there's too much bad stuff. So one of those was The Simpsons. I feel like now there are more bad episodes than good ones. Um, kind of hard to justify putting that one on my list, um, even though the episodes that were great were genius. Um, and It's Always Sunny is the same. I, I, it's Always Sunny I came close to putting on my list. But and this season has been better, but the two seasons before that were really bad. I feel like they really need right. to end that show. Rock, I had both of them on my also ran list also. Yeah, and, and strictly because I the the first you know the Simpsons case, the first ten years was just classic right. hysterical. Yeah, and yeah. it's always sunny. It's the same thing. The first few years with sun, but that's exactly the reason that I had to put them on my list. Right, yeah, and then uh, and then the the last uh, also ran I had was Brooklyn Nine Nine, which I've actually been rewatching a lot. Very, Very good. underrated show. I'm actually watching through it right now for the first time. I'm like more than halfway through. It oh, is excellent! Very so good. good. Excellent. Yep. Much will, better than yeah. I even expected. It to yes, be. And I expect this to be good. Season eight was actually a little bit of a letdown for me, but um, but it's it's a great show. All right, so number five, Arrested Development. Now this one I cheated a little bit because even though I discounted <laughs> It's Always Sunny in The Simpsons, sure. I didn't I didn't discount Arrested Development for the seasons four and five, which were kind of posthumously produced F- by Netflix. Five in particular, yeah. Five I couldn't Ooh. even get through. Maybe so five I, I literally two and had yeah, to stop. I couldn't consider even if I wanted to. Four I actually thought was okay. But the I first think- three seasons of that show, I mean you can stack each of those seasons up against any seasons of any other sitcom. I mean, it's such a strong show. Really would be higher if it just had a little bit more sustained greatness. But it was three perfect seasons of television, so that's got to be on there. Um, Four is The Office. Um, Even though The Office the last couple of seasons weren't as great, they actually are still quite good. It's a really good show from beginning to end. They were horrible. Really? You didn't let you hate him that much? I'm at you with that on As soon as Michael Scott left that show, it... Jumped the shark more than any show in the history of yeah, television. I think that 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 British woman oh. is maybe my least favorite. Well, character so I agree. I didn't like her. I, I I I agree. And as I was watching it, it really felt like a slog. When I rewatched it, especially season eight, I developed a little bit more of an appreciation for. Her. There's good episodes in season nine, but I mean, when you take even if you think that seasons two through seven were its peak, that's a great peak to have. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like yeah, absolutely. Office. And, absolutely. And, and Rock, yeah. maybe when you step away from that show for a while and. The problem, I think, it was when you, you went from the Michael Scott years right, directly yep. into the other ones. Exactly. That, and you compared it. That's why I hated it. True. But I true, right, but, right. Pro- but probably if I watched those as standalone episodes, they would have been yeah. pretty good. I, I would still take those last two seasons of The Office over a lot of other sitcoms okay, in general. That's fair. You know what I mean? That's so. Fair. Um, number three for me is Seinfeld. Um, again, gets hard a little bit with the first and second season are not as great, but everything after that is amazing. I actually like season nine more than most people when it gets really goofy. Um, you know, I don't think I need to defend Seinfeld on this podcast. I think we all (laughs) agree that one. Um, it was actually a struggle for me to decide between two and three, but two for me was 30 Rock. 30 Rock for me is as close to a perfect from beginning to end sitcom as I can think of. 
higher density of jokes than any other show I can think of. The most clever show. I mean, any time a quote from that show pops into my head, I just can't help but think of how clever it is. Just today I was thinking of when they were having dinner at Kenneth's house, and Kenneth goes, Dear God, thank you for this venison. Carrot God, thank you for these carrots. Onion God. Thank it's like, it's a joke that only works yeah. when it's spoken out loud. It's like, yep. it's just full of those, so it's so great. Yeah. So I love that. And then number one for me is Frasier, which is like slipping into a warm bath. I watch, I mean, Anika and I watch Frasier go to sleep almost every night. I think it is the most cleverly written show of all time. Well, for pushing to sleep, how funny could it be? Well, it's because it's hilarious, <laughs> but it's so, no, it's very, it's a, you know, you got the sort of jazz intro and it's, I, there's no yelling, it's, I'm with but this. it's, I'm with but this. it's so good, yeah. so funny. Yeah. It actually had a little bit of a down period. I didn't realize until a couple of years ago that in season 10, I guess most of the writers left and then they came back in season 11, which is a little better. So the last couple okay. seasons, you know, not great, but, but yeah, I, I just, I think that, and I think that season four, episode one of Frasier, which is called the two Mrs. Cranes is my favorite sitcom episode of all time. Really? So really? I just, all right, I'll, I I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll stand that, that show up against any other sitcom. Frasier is number one for me. I loved it too. Didn't I hear that they were rebooting that show? They were supposed to. I mean, I, I'm kind of be happy if they leave it dead. I, I mean, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. Yeah. The reboots never really work. Yeah, Will and Grace was awful when they rebooted it. Yeah, there was a couple others that came on that were just terrible. But uh, to me, when you have a classic sitcom like that, just leave it alone. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Mike. You All right. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Why don't I go next here? Uh, yeah, I have a ton of honorable mentions here. Yeah. Uh, the Office is in my honorable mentions. We, we went over that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I know. Again, I'm doing like a combination of like historical and my favorite. It's like it's a fair. weird kind of the way I did this. Uh, so like even though I didn't really watch a lot of Cheers, I feel like I had to at least mention Cheers. <laughs> it was just such a big show. Cheers not uh, that great. I got I tell you, I, I, I tried to know, watch some of it on Netflix. <sighs> the couple episodes I watched, I wasn't like I didn't love like other people did. I'm sure if I watched it regularly and got to know the characters and stuff, that would it would yeah. be. I, I actually I, I kind of sometimes feel like The Office is our generation's Cheers, where future generations might not think it's as funny, but like. I get, like, people like Cheers because it felt like you were hanging out with friends that you knew. And it's kind true, of the same with true. The Office. True, true, so true, true. I get yes. why people liked it. Uh, all in the family I have there. Mary Tyler Moore I have. Uh, friends I have for the s similar reasons. Sunny, Always yep. Sunny I have for similar reasons. Yep. Uh, I also have Frasier on my uh, honorable mentions, Fair. which I haven't... A big part of that is I haven't actually gone and watched that whole show. But yeah. the few episodes I've seen, there's one or two points in every episode where I'm like on the floor laughing. Yeah, anything Niles says will just make me laugh at. Oh at yeah. This point. Oh yeah. Um, it's very underappreciated show. Yeah. Uh, Golden Girls I have and South Ooh. Park are all honorable mentions. Both great ones. Yep. Um. So <laughs> I'm sorry. So so two, the next two that I came so close to putting on the list and just didn't in the end, uh, were the Honeymooners. Which, okay. just the fact that it was only 39 episodes just wasn't enough for me. Mm -hmm. um, even though it's hysterical when it was on. Uh, and Curb just missed the list for me. Yeah. but I, it, And that, that one really killed me. Because it really is. I'm dying at every, every yeah. <laughs> single episode of that show. Um, but it's just when I was going through it, I just couldn't. I just didn't feel like it you know, had, to, had yeah. to be on there. I almost put uh, her, but I feel like it's kind of like the Fred McGriff of sitcoms. It's like always right. very good, maybe never quite reaching those heights. Yeah, yeah. So, so, some of the episodes are just yeah, yeah, yeah. but but yeah. Um, so number five for me is Thirty Rock. Uh, for the, again, a lot of the same things you were saying, Rocky. It is. I, I've never seen a show turn every single moment and every single line into right. a joke like Thirty Rock. There's no. They weren't going for sappiness. They weren't going. For, they were going to make every single thing in that show funny, yep. and succeeded a lot of the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it was. Uh, it really is. And you're right. It never got even when it got silly. It never got bad. It was always funny. Yep. It, those first maybe six or seven episodes aren't great, but it was uh, you know really finding its voice. Yeah. Until uh, Tracy it, does Conan, that's when it gets great. That's Tracy, like episode. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, no, yeah, the one the one where he loses his medication, and it's the one where they introduce Doctor Spichemin. I think it's like yeah, season, yeah, episode yeah, seven yeah, yeah. or it something. Was yeah. One of those. To me, to me, the the uh, the scene is where they introduce Dennis. I think that is the episode oh. that like the show really finds its voice. Okay, yeah. Um, number four for me is I Love Lucy. Okay, uh, which just that to me is just the show that kind of made the modern sitcom. I mean, Lucy and four 
for the 1950s to have a show that stars a woman as funny as Lucille Ball is yeah. such an unbelievable accomplishment to me. And yeah. for her, I mean, she was just so undeniably funny. They really are. You can watch the Vitamita Benjamin episode or the the uh, the candy on the uh, the line episode. Yeah. You're just going to crack up it's every true. single time. And I think yeah. what Rocky said before, too, is about you, you, you fall in love with the characters in that show. And you, oh, yeah. you, you feel right, like right, you're right. in the apartment with them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Again, got a little ridiculous when she had the you know little Ricky and everything, right. but still, it was still very yeah. That jumped the shark when they moved to Connecticut, but uh... right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, but I also get confused about between like that and like the Lucy show, yeah. and you know they, they all kind of blend in together. Yeah. yeah. Um, so number three for me is Arrested Development. I'm with you, Rock. Those those first three seasons of Arrested Development are ma- each of them is in like the top five seasons of. Right. of the first two I remember watching in college with my roommate, and we were just couldn't stop laughing for for yeah. weeks. Um, I agree. Yeah, See, season four I still liked more than a lot of people. But yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was okay. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was yeah. pretty good. Um, season five, you're right, I, un unwatchable. <laughs> yeah, but you don't really have to count them, uh, right? And I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so number two for me is The Simpsons. Uh, really, especially just like. Right in our my formative years was like that show was really in its peak. Totally, fair. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I got you know it's on Disney Plus now, so I will watch that before bed and stuff. And it really it, it stays good longer than you would even think. Like oh, again, yeah. it's like it, it. You know, again, like the first ten years are like considered its heyday. I would say it stays good for another six years after that. Like Agreed. not unbelievably funny, but still good. That, that was our we, when you guys were growing up. Let everybody know we used to turn the lights out in our house. We used to watch mm-hmm. Lois and Clark. Remember? Oh and, yeah. And then we watched The Simpsons after that. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And are you afraid of the dark? Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah, that's right. All, all, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but The Simpsons we were watching well into the mid two thousands, and it was still funny. Yeah, I mean, stay, I agree with you. Funny. I, I think yeah. people forget how many classic Simpsons moments come from those like early to mid two thousands years. Right. And and you know I'm not going to. Uh, dock it as much for the last 15 seasons or so because it had such a long good run in the first place that sure. this back half I almost don't like I'm not gonna blame them for making a lot of money making this, sh- this show like whatever I'm not gonna it's say the Albert much. Pujols of sitcoms yeah exactly <laughs> yes that's exactly what it is the Albert Pujols of sitcoms uh, and then number one for me is Seinfeld um, I, I, that that first season especially is really rough the second season is still watchable yeah. I, I still think it's pretty good um, but you're right. Then it just hits just an unbelievable level for the next seven years of, yeah. of the show. You're right. See, once once Larry David left season eight and nine, like it got very ridiculous, but it stayed laugh out loud funny. Yep. That's uh, me, me and my friends. Whenever we uh, go to bar trivia, still call ourselves the Van Buren boys <laughs> because of uh, a season eight episode. I think it was. Uh, a little uh, fact, uh, one time I went to a Seinfeld trivia night and did so poorly that we were not even the top team there that was named Sack Lunch. <laughs> so yeah, anyway. that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, they have... Uh, George Costanza is my favorite character in the history of television, yeah. and it's just... Uh, yeah, that show is is just untouchable for me. Yeah, fair enough. All right, Dad, lay it All on right. us. Well, here, here comes the uh, the true list because I've, I've watched uh, TV a lot longer than you guys. Yeah. Just anyway. keep, keep in mind the name of this show when you listen to this list. <laughs> I have uh, a kind of a long uh, honorable mention list, All and right. I just, I'll go through yeah. quick as you said most of them. All right. um, the Office, I love Lucy. I, same reason I love Lucy, I think, because it's historically was so important. Yep. Um, Taxi was one of the funniest shows. Oh, that's a good one. Ever, ever. Yeah. And I it almost made my top five, but I just, you know, uh, Louis De Palma, one of the great characters yeah. of all time. Yeah, uh, Cheers, honorable mention. I think you guys got, you got to watch it from the beginning and kind of get a feel yeah, for it. Yeah, I'm sure that's it's, it's, it's a lot of funny lines in there. Um, Arrested Development. Yeah. Enough said. Fraser, Simpsons, Mash. The first five years of Mash were hysterical. Yeah, after that, it got, after that, it got very preachy and uh, you know yeah. it kind of lost its humor because a lot of their original characters left the show. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but the first five years, if you watch those shows, it was really funny. Golden Girls I had in there also. Yep. Um, 30 Rock, certainly. It's Always Sunny. And uh, one that you guys didn't mention, um, King of Queens. 
which I think. Oh, yes, that is a good one. I do love. Great I do show. love Queen Queens. Definitely Philly wouldn't put it in the top five, but it no, is a solid six. But you're right. You're right. Yeah, Deser- yeah. It deserves a mid, especially amongst this yeah. family. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. One, yes. Of, those, one of those shows yes. that uh, the Lotito family watches a lot. Yeah, and I think uh, Kevin yeah. James got in a bad reputation for being in dumb Adam Sandler movies, but that right. was a genuinely funny yes, show. Yes, very funny yes, show. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and I maintain that uh, uh, Jerry Stiller on. Oh King yeah, Queens is a thousand times funnier than yes. Jerry Stiller on Seinfeld. Absolutely, yes, agreed. Arthur, that Arthur was Spooner his role. character is one of the best characters ever. Yes, yes. I agree. Um, in fact, yes. your sister—that's her, her favorite character on the history of TV. Yeah, um, right. All right, number five for me: Curb Your Enthusiasm. I just—I right. love that show. It, to me, the Palestine Chicken episode makes oh. that makes that show go right to the top five just on that episode. It's so, right, yeah. but there's so many good episodes <laughs> of that. Um, Black Swan. Blood no, Drone. that's my favorite. Yeah, Black Swan. Oh, yeah. Black Swan was yeah. good. Um, number four for me is the Mary Tyler Moore show. It's um, a good one. Uh, just, again, um, it broke a lot of ground. Working woman, single working woman. That, uh, But the, 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 the situations in that show were very, very funny. Um, Ted Baxter, played by Ted Knight, is one of the great characters of all time. Yeah, he's very mm-hmm. funny. Um, number three for me, All in the Family. Talking about you know breaking uh, uh, walls. Uh, all in the Family. Sure. Literally, when that show first came on, they used to have a disclaimer when it first came on that says, yeah. you know, watch the show at your own risk, basically. And, yeah. and it was, if you Jeez. watch it now, it's cringeworthy with all the stuff, yeah. all the racist stuff oh, yeah. that said and everything on that show. Um, but it was, it, the, the first, especially the first three or four years of that show were just unbelievable. Again, Archie sure. Bunker, one of the great characters of all time. Yeah, uh, yeah. A, a, one of the ones I forgot to mention in uh, the, the honorable mention was Maud. Maud was a great show. Um, I've never yeah. watched a second of it. Yeah, you, so. you got to watch it. It's good. I watched a little bit on Nick and Knight. I thought it was okay. Yeah, well, yeah. what do you yeah. know? Um, <laughs> number two. Well, I was probably like seven, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> All right. Number two is The Honeymooners. Um, I know it only had 39 episodes, but it was 39 episodes that I literally watched 50 times each and still laugh. Yeah. Again, Ralph Cramden, just a classic, classic. Him and Ed Norton, just it was just... To me, the, it was as close to perfect sitcom as you can get, except for my number one, which is Seinfeld. Yeah. And, enough, yeah. you know, we watched that. Mom and I watched that from the beginning, we, we, from yeah. the Seinfeld Chronicle episode. We watched that. Um, and it was not great at first. In fact, the lane yeah, wasn't I, I even in the first episode. I, I, I yeah. would have stopped that. That first episode is bad. Yeah. I would have stopped watching it. But we kept that. giving it a chance because yeah. I liked Seinfeld's stand-up at the time. I, I thought he was mm. funny. And uh, it, took, it obviously took about a year or so for those characters to really gel. But once they got going, it was unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I even love the finale. People talk about the finale. I thought the finale was fine. It was, it was good. Funny. I thought it was good. You know, yeah. uh, but I think after having seen it 15 times, the Stockholm Syndrome has said it. Yeah. It's like fine. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. I understand why people didn't like it. But the thing is, it couldn't possibly live up to the hype. And it almost felt like Larry David giving a finger to everybody who expected it to be something more. True. True. So True. I kind of got it. But. Yeah. But it was. So that's my you five. Can, you know. you know, to me, yeah. you can really tell with that show is when when George realizes that the character isn't supposed to be Woody Allen and the character's supposed to yes. be Larry David, right. that is like when the show really is like, oh, yeah. it turned the corner. Yeah. Well, you know, Jason Alexander literally tells a story about this. Oh, really? Where, Does he? Where, where he's like, I forget what the situation was, but he like reads the script and he goes to Larry David and he's like, oh, I have this is ridiculous. This. Nobody would ever do this. And Larry David's like, what are you talking about? I did exactly this. <laughs> and that's when he realized that the character was based on George. It was like something in season two, I think. Wow. Yeah. But, well, but there literally was a point like that. And, and that show also, has has there ever been a show where more uh, accepted terms have come out of that show? You oh, can, yeah, every week. There's, there's about yeah, 100, sure. 100 terms yeah. of that show that people use every day oh, now. Yeah. Oh, they, they were trying to do it at right. a certain point. I mean, that was even... Right, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the, even uh, uh, the yada, yada, yada episode, they were thought that like the big thing coming out of that out of that episode would, would be anti-dentite. Oh, and they yeah. ended up like getting like pushed back to the corner because yada 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 became All so right. huge. Well, and, yeah. you know, I mean, well, uh, Euromycetesis. I mean, who who would yeah. remember something like that? Yeah, In four hundred years, Seinfeld's going to be like Shakespeare is today. Like Shakespeare invented the word eyeball. Yeah. People, you know, people are going to use all these words and be like, you know, that was from Seinfeld. <laughs> oh God! All right, I'm sure that's what they were going for. So that's my I bet it was. Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good top five. All right, I mean, not great, yeah, good list. That's fun. Actually, Those it was pretty fun. bad. Yeah, I mean, whatever. What do you mean? What? My list is bad? Yeah, you guys are crazy. You know, the <laughs> fact that you, neither one of you put Mary Tyler Moore and All the Family in top five is just horrendous. They're both good shows. They're no, no, no. Top I mentioned five. They're my honorable shows. mention. You guys. Uh, They're my honorable mention. You guys 
talk about uh, you know uh, <laughs> re- recency bias. That's what yeah. you guys live on. I mean, you know, I, I know you really didn't watch those shows, but you, you, to, to not put them on your list is is crazy. This is not recency bias. I acknowledge that I have a bias toward more recent shows because they came out during, you know, when I was coming of age. They relate more to my life. And so, of course, I'm going to like them more. You didn't watch those shows. You don't. I I have watched them. I don't like them as much. You don't know about living in a. uh... Uh, one bedroom apartment in Brooklyn while you're poor with your wife and uh, uh, yeah. going up to your neighbor through the window that doesn't relate to you in any. First of all, way? I used to pass that Archie, Bu- not Archie Bunker, the, uh, uh, the yeah, the Ralph Cranman statue in front of yeah. Port Authority every day. I do it all so time. I think I know a thing or two about the honeymoon. <laughs> well, I think you guys should watch those shows more closely. I've watched them. <laughs> I get it; they're funny. Yeah, I don't. I don't. All right, I mean, yeah, I, get, I agree. Like, yeah, they're very funny, but. I mean, Arrested Development is a really good show, but put that in there. Come on. We had a couple good seasons. You put it in there. Didn't I put you it put as an honorable number... mention. Oh, I thought. <laughs> we put all these as honorable mentions. Honorable so mention. yeah. problem. All right. All right. We'll have her. <laughs> all right. We're going to change the show to our father's opinions are ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. That's going to do it for us this week, guys. Uh, thank you for, for listening in, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone. Take care. Bye, guys.